<clears throat> Hello, everyone. This is Larry Morrison, the financial shaman, and I am not going through the whole spiel. So, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to go for a little evening walk. It's very brisk. Is that the right word? Brisk. Yeah. It's a little chilly where I am. I'm in Montana. Never been. Seemingly nice so far. Um, and I haven't recorded in a while, and we're out for an evening walk, so what, how this is going to work is I'm going to do the talking, and you're going to do the listening, but you do not have to do the agree with me, you never have to agree with anybody, it's a little weird thing that we always have to agree on everything, like we can't hold two different opinions and have respect for each other at the same time. Um, so listen, don't listen, agree, don't agree, doesn't matter. It's just a different perspective. So I'm out for a walk, and I honestly didn't think I'd have much to say. And as soon as I'm starting this now, I have a ton. I don't even know where to begin. Um, what's coming up for me right now One of the major problems with capitalism, and yes, I know how that sounds, um, we are in a society that values dead trees over living ones. Dead whales over living ones, dead dolphins over living ones, right? Caged animals over wild ones. And not only that, so we're, we're financially incentivized to do these things. To destroy nature. And to destroy the self. You know, there's more profit to be made in food with preservatives so it doesn't go bad let alone who cares hair goose shit what it does to the body there's more profit to be made in selling kids sugar in sports drinks there's more profit to be made in having you addicted to your phone email your facebook social media and This is what this is what uh, companies can make money off of. And yes, that sounds conspiratorial, and it sounds like I'm railing against the system. And this is uh, typically I'm very optimistic. And there is a gift in all of it, right? Everything is happen happening exactly the way it's supposed to happen. But it doesn't mean that we can condone these things. It means we can be aware of it. You see, when... <sighs> Here's the thing. 
Um, the major belief system that drives this is very simple. And there's a deer just sitting on that lawn right there. I thought it was a deer's head. It's just laying in the middle of the grass. That is so wow. Okay. Um, it's, it's very simple. In this planet, we have been fed a, a, a ton of bullshit. And I... I'm extremely grateful to be able to see through it, but it's not bad. It's just evolution, okay? What do I mean by this? It's very easy to blame governments, corporations, the 1% as the, the villain in the story, but it's basic humanity. You see, Humans, or rather, belief systems that go unquestioned are the problem. Belief systems that people attach to and believe that they are true and therefore build fundamental this makes the fundamental decisions based on those belief systems is the problem. So even though I sound conspiratorial or even anti-capitalism, I am not. I am anti-unquestioned beliefs if I'm anti-anything. Okay? What we do here on this channel... Oh, I scared it. I'm so far away from it, though. What we do here on this, what I do, is I question belief systems. Especially ones that cause destruction and suffer. And one of the major ones, and I, here's the thing, I've been victim of it myself my whole life. So I see it plain as day. I've been in the financial game for 10 years. I talk to financial advisors every day. <sighs> no one questions it. There's a belief system, <coughs> excuse me, that says more money is always better. That profit must be made at all cost and so fucking stupid that the system of, of going public and having shareholders says that every corporation that does that must turn a profit and do it consistently over and over and over again. What it means is, even if you thoroughly tap out a market and monopolize it, you still have to figure out how to make more profit the next time around. Yeah. You always have to turn a profit. It's in every corporate charter in America. Because no one questions the belief of more money is always better.
So what happens? Well, let's talk about the, 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 the downside of capitalism. The, 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 one of the most obvious pros versus cons is variety. Right? You get more variety in things because of multiple companies making multiple products. Right? So you don't have just one burger chain. You have thousands. Okay. That's a pro. Americans love variety. Go into any grocery store. Um, con. As I said, destruction of the planet is profitable. You don't make money by planting trees unless you're going to future, you're a logger, you're going to chop them down in the future. You don't make money planting a rainforest. You don't make money cleaning the ocean. The opposite. That's a problem. One of the biggest things that they tell you capitalism is good for is innovation. That competition will drive innovation. True to an extent. Because what they don't tell you is stifling innovation is just as profitable. Profitable. What do I mean by that? The electric car was suppressed for 40 years until Toyota finally was like, fuck this. We're going to see what the market demands. We'll see what the market can bear. And the Prius destroyed records and changed the industry. That technology was suppressed for years. Okay. What else? When I was a young man, and I really got to dig this up and see if it's not been scrubbed from the internet, there was a guy who invented an engine that could run off of salt water. His patents were stolen, and his invention was disappeared. Pretty sure he was as well, though there's still guys who talk about him in the engineering world. I just saw something about him recently, it reminded me of it. <clears throat> Imagine clean burning energy that runs on something the planet has an abundance of. That technology was suppressed, is suppressed for profit. Nikolai Tesla found a way to transmit electrical energy without wires that anybody could tap into across the world to run all our power needs for generations, clean burning technology. It was one of his last inventions. And for some reason, the technology disappeared with him. And no one in a hundred years could duplicate it. You're telling me he didn't write that shit down? Come on. Suppression of innovation is just as profitable as innovation. Here's the other thing. And mind you, I'm sounding angry. It's more of a frustration, but there's a gift to it. Always. Just like being born in darkness. 
Okay. <clears throat> I just, with unquestioned beliefs, especially that one, it drives me nuts. Because once you see it, you can't unsee it anymore. <laughs> when somebody just goes, oh yeah, we always want more money. What? At what cost? Why? We tell our children money doesn't buy happiness, yet we constantly act like it does. Constantly, consistently go after more money like it will get you more happiness or more security or more safety or more power. So, more is always better. Now, of course, you can't talk about more is always better without its twin. Its evil twin called there's never enough. Because if you believe more is always better, then you can never have enough. Because more is always better. So there's never enough. Because more is always better. You see how that loop goes? Because if it's always better to have more, then right now, you don't have enough. The vagary in that definition and belief system creates the fact that you are never good enough and you will never have enough. Now, let's continue our little thought experiment with capitalism. When I first uh, did, it was in the startup world in Silicon Valley. Um, I created a startup, or was partnered and was helping create a startup that fought the razor blade industry. The razor blade industry has a fantastic markup, like unheard of anywhere else except maybe printer ink, and that is. They take something that is, um, makes, you know, a, 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 like the top of the line razor costs about 12 cents to make, and they mark it up for four to five dollars, which is, uh, I don't even know the math, I can't remember. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. And they make them so they wear out. So there's this thing in capitalism, in manufacturing, that makes me sick. I haven't had, actually haven't thought about it in years. It's called planned obsolescence. Look it up. Planned obsolescence says that we can't make something perfect that will last forever, otherwise they won't, we won't have repeat business. Okay. It first came about uh, in Edison's time during the light bulb. It's called the light bulb conspiracy. This actually happened. It's very well documented. And yet no one talks about it. <clears throat> Even when I bring it up to engineers, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we learned about that. But nobody else. Um, plan obsolescence is fucking stupid. It wastes resources and everything, all for the sake of profit. What it says is the light bulb conspiracy is very simple. When the light bulb was first invented and then manufactured, 
And with capitalism, we had a bunch of people that were trying to make better and better light bulbs. What capitalism was designed to do, right? Well, this one company made light bulbs. The average light bulb at the time lasted anywhere from 8,000 to 15,000 hours. Well, this, this new company had this super big breakthrough where they could make a, a light bulb last like 60,000 hours, right? And all the other manufacturers got together, sat this company down, all got together and said, look, you're going to put us all out of business. We can't have that. Let's come up with an agreement that a light bulb can last so that we can all make plenty of money. So they came up with the 10,000 hours. That's what, so engineers had to go back to the drawing board and instead of trying to build the best, they had to build something that would wear out around 10,000 hours. That way all the manufacturers could make money. However, they didn't stop to think about how that would affect humanity. Progress. So we have planned obsolescence, stifling of innovation, the destruction of nature and the human body, all under the guise of capitalism saying profit at all cost, which is really uncovered with more is always better. It's an interesting trap. You know, it's super obvious. Why does it matter that a billionaire have more money? Right? When you look at it, it's like, why? When you have somebody who has several billion dollars, why would he want more? He or she. And why would they still go after it? And why would they create companies? And why would they, you know, Jeff Bezos... One of the richest people in the world, owner of Amazon, treats his workers like shit. That's the report. I'm not one of them. I don't know. But all for the sake of profit. More is always better. You see, it's not their fault because the entirety of humanity runs on this belief system. Except for, you know, a small few like myself and other people monks and things like that people who have abandoned these things or simply question their own beliefs but 99.9% of humanity believes more money is always better so you can't fault them for getting to that point and thinking that it's not enough because they're driven by the same belief system we are it's just they're on a grander scale, right? So, where am I going with this? Something fascinating came to me yesterday. Was it yesterday or was it this morning? Yeah, yesterday. The constant chase of money is blinding us to something greater. 
that deer is just right in the middle of this thing. Oh, he's staring at me, or she. I think it's a she. I don't see any horns. I will walk around. And come across more deer straight up, like face to face almost, on this trip lately. Anyway, upper northwest, deer. Okay. So. This is the this is the realization I had. And it was kind of shown to me in a in a way. And here's here's what it is. And I'll get back to the beauty and the gift in capitalism after I get this out. You see, we, we've forgotten something. All our technology, all our innovation, from the cotton gin to now, was meant for us to not work so fucking hard. So, it was bred into us to work hard. But how can you evolve if you're constantly on the grind from morning to night? And you could say, oh, it's the 10,000 hour rule. You become master of anything, so the more time you put in, true. But what if you're mastering shit? What if you're mastering janitorial work? What if you're mastering busy work? That's not something you want to master. You're a master flipping burgers. That's not purpose. You're not put on this earth for that. You know, no offense to the people doing that. But even they would agree that I don't think they're put on this earth for that. I don't see them being infinite gods coming to earth and saying, you know what, I'm going to spend my life flipping burgers. Maybe. I don't know the whole thing. Everybody knows it's like a job. It's like a segue to something else. Anyway. My point is, there's no bad jobs. It's just... How can you evolve toward a purpose in life? Toward a higher understanding of the cosmos toward spiritual enlightenment, if you want, toward unconditional love, toward knowledge of the self, emotional intelligence, all of these things. How can you evolve as a human to see the other side of someone's argument? To put aside your own buttons that are easily pushed and listen. To be in the present moment. To understand joy and bliss and happiness and peace. To be in nature. To reconnect with the rhythm of life. How can you do these things if you're constantly on the grind? Morning till night. 
You know, I had a conversation recently. (sighs) Every time I learn a lesson majorly, I then see it in the people around me or that I work with or the next client I come across or whatever. And it was super obvious. This person sent me an email on Friday night and then wondered why I hadn't responded by Monday morning. And I was like, um, I don't fucking check my emails on the weekend. And she was blown away. I'm like, some people forget that startup mode is only for startup. Some people have been in startup mode, they think it's the only mode. Where you're just constantly hustling. I was that way. I've been there. I know what it's like to bend over backwards for every client, try to help everyone, try to be super attentive and responsive because that's your reputation on the line. Yeah, I'm not that way anymore. Now, I want my free time. My free time is more valuable. My time is more valuable. Because I spend my time doing this. What lights me up. My passion. But more than that, evolution. I evolve. I get new insights into myself. New things to write about, new things to talk about, new things to help other people who are suffering. And I can't do that if I'm constantly hustling. I can't receive the gifts if I'm just constantly grinding. So I believe, I truly do, that's one of the worst things to happen to us is to not understand that our technology was supposed to give us more leisure time. We believe leisure means laziness. In reality, what would happen? Think about this. What would happen to a society that could completely, that had not abolished money because had figured out exchange of energy and how to make everybody's basic needs met. If all, if we figured out how to make everybody on the planet, 7 billion people's basic needs met, and that's, you know, energy, food, shelter, you know, clean water, education, you know, all that stuff, with minimal effort, with technology or without, but with, let's just say technology, Minimal effort. What would that free us up to do? Live our purposes. And the ultimate purpose is the same. The universe is always evolving. That's its nature. And we are the universe. We are a part of it. We are the leaves on its tree. So we would be evolving too. Right? 
a society, a human race that, or a race of sentient beings that reach that level would then evolve consciousness. That would be the next logical step in evolution. Right? We're not going to grow a fifth limb or whatever, or sixth limb, but evolution would have to go inward. It would be consciousness. It would be energy. You know, inner energy, inner wealth. I mean, we're in the emotional dark ages right now. Anybody says something bad to you on social media or otherwise, you react. We always want everybody's a fucking approval for everything. I'm no, I'm no different. I might have a little bit of distance in it because I don't take everything personally anymore. But I still react to stupid people. Uh, some people that I unfortunately judge as stupid. And that's just on me. You know, that's my thing to deal with right now. But luckily, I don't let it out of my mouth. I'm usually, I've gotten a lot better at tempering myself so that I react, come back to center, and treat them with kindness. Not react at them and tell them they're stupid. And then feel guilty about it later. So, anyway. We're in the emotional dark ages. You know, when you see a kid that's upset. I got some time to spend around my niece and nephew this past weekend. And when they're upset, we want to do everything to make them not upset. As if they, we can't even feel negative emotion and let it out and understand where it's coming from. We're so suppressive of our emotions. We stuff them deep down and don't let ourselves feel anything. Covered up with addictions, food, sex, and TV. And so, 31 minutes. Let's start lightening the mood here. Why is, why am I bringing all this up? Because I'll tell you what happens when you reach a higher consciousness. You don't see this as a problem. It's an evolution. It's an awareness tool. Right? What I mean by that is... The universe in its infinite wisdom created all this. You see, you can't... Know the light without going into the dark. You can't know truth without lies. You can't know peace without suffering. The contrast must exist for you to understand it, right? So imagine, I love this example. I think it was from 
it's not a course in miracles i think it was from conversations with god where they talk about there's a fence here they talk about imagine you are a flame on the sun the size of a candle and you're a part of the sun so you can't know light unless you take your individual candle flame and go out into space into the darkness then you can know far enough away from the sun to experience your own light and how it affects your world and your environment that's what humanity is what your life is to know yourself as an infinite piece of the creation you had to go into the darkness right to know that you're God you had to pretend that you're not as Alan Watts would say well playing a game of hide-and-seek So in that respect, when we look at capitalism, it's just a natural part of evolution. It got us this far. It got us to the place where we can have clothes and cars and roads and all of these things that help us connect with family and food and all this stuff but now it's time to evolve beyond it it's like if I'm complaining which it probably sounds like I am if I'm complaining about capitalism and its problems it's probably it's like me complaining about the rotary phone it's attached to the wall I hate that you know I gotta hold the one thing, I gotta dial the other thing, I talk to an operator. It'd be so much better if this, this, and this, right? First of all, I am grateful for the technology of the rotary phone. I'm grateful. Because I can talk on one end of the country or the world and hear somebody else's voice on the other end. That's amazing. Capitalism is amazing. It's done so much. Our money, our monetary system has done so much for us. It allows me to walk into a grocery store, push some plastic in a thing, type some numbers, and walk away with food, right? hand over some pieces of paper and walk away with food. Hand pieces of paper to a a person on the street and he can go get food with it, he or she. Amazing. However, there's some things that suck. And that's what I'm saying. Capital's amazing, but when you compare it to a smartphone, a rotary phone to a smartphone, it's like, holy shit. This thing, 
why would I ever use a rotary phone? So we need to evolve beyond that too. That's all it is. It's done wonders, it's gotten this this far, but we need to evolve beyond that. And it starts with, what do we want the world to look like? Me personally, I would love it if we didn't have to kill anything. Yes, food, I get it. You know, you pluck a grape from the vine, it's dead now. I get that circle of life. But it'd be nice if we didn't have to, if there wasn't profit in destroying the planet. It'd be nice if there wasn't profit in hurting each other. Making each other addicted to things. It'd be nice. If... Having kids not have a dopamine rush when they look at their cell phone so that they are addicted from being falsely connected with people, that would be awesome. If we're looking at new features for the new phone, uh, of that is, you know, the new phone of the monetary system. It'd be nice if everyone's basic needs were met. And that having someone be extremely rich didn't mean that there was millions that had to be poor. Because if you didn't know this, it's pretty simple. Nobody wants to talk about it. To have rich in our current system means you have to have poor. Right? Not everyone can be rich. If everyone could be rich, that's like saying everybody could be famous. If everybody's famous, no one's famous. Right? If everybody's rich, no one's rich. That's the problem with the system. And again, I'm not saying we should go to socialism or whatever. But it's not to say that those don't have pros and cons with it, too. Communism has pros and cons as well. Pro is, they didn't have planned obsolescence in communism. They built things to last. Right? Con is, you be the laziest person or the hardest worker, you both get paid the same. Not exactly fair either. So, you know, pros and cons to both. We need to evolve to something else. But this idea that we have to blindly follow what's been handed to us is childish. There's this great saying, and it's from some old book, uh, I don't remember, I could be thinking Grow Rich, but I think it might be Acres of Diamonds. Anyway, mm, I don't remember. Maybe The Richest Man in Babylon. I do remember a super old book, though, but um, 
this somebody was talking to someone and he was like a banker and he's like why are you a banker he's like oh my father was a banker and his father was a banker <laughs> and the guy was like well thank god they weren't horse thieves well, the point of the story is we're doing what we're handed We're following the same patterns that were handed to us without questioning them. And this is why I'm talking about unquestioned belief systems and how destructive they could be. Because what if you're handed something that sucks? What if you're handed racism or sexism? And you're given that belief system as a, as a young person not knowing any better. And you're around a bunch of people who are that way, racist or sexist or whatever. Or broke people. I grew up in the hood. Everybody was broke. So they handed out... I got handed a certain belief system about money, right? And then it was reinforced by all the people who were around me. So, the point being, don't just believe that capitalism is the only way, the best way, and that there's no other way. Also, don't believe you can change the system before you change you. Everything I've said today is for me to hear. See, I had a business meeting today, and I fell right into the old way of thinking. Oh yeah, we can do this, this, and this. Charge more money here, add more value here, more, 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 more. Maximum efficiency of business. It's what, it's what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Like when I look at businesses, I look at my own business. When I go in, I look at businesses. How do we save money here on taxes? How do we save money here with credit and better interest rates? How do we save money here on debt servicing? How do we save money here? Money, da, da. Make more money, save more money. That's how business runs, is what I've been taught. Very good at it. But this time was a little different in that it didn't grab my emotions and I became aware of it while it was happening. <clears throat> Typically, what would happen is when I had those conversations, I would feel all giddy, like, ooh, we're gonna make money. Now I'm like, oh yeah, great, more money, that's awesome. It doesn't have an emotional effect on me anymore. It's not a drug like it used to be. It doesn't release dopamine to see more money in an account or bigger paychecks or anything. It doesn't make me feel like I'm more valuable. It doesn't make me feel like I'm more approved of by the universe. It doesn't twist me up anymore. And like I said, 
doesn't make me want to give more of my time. My time is so much more valuable now. Because at the end of the day, I can't take that with me. Great, I made another ten, twenty thousand dollars whatever. When I die, I'm not going to even remember that. And then at the end of my days, it's not even going to make, make a difference. Make a difference at all. So, it's time to ask yourself, look around you, or mostly look in the mirror, I'm going to do it too, more money always better, what does that belief system do? What does profit at all cost mean? <sighs> Tell you what it means for me. time doing this that I love more time answering emails that's what it means when I think of profit at all costs less purpose more profit less freedom less time more slavery more fucking gotta get gotta get more clients gotta get more money gotta get more 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 never-ending fucking vacuum so where's the gift tell me where the gift is now that I'm aware of it I can see when it tries to pull me away I can see when my mind starts to make plans based on I should do this, this, and this because it's going to make more money (laughs) instead of um, is it going to light me up inside is it going to make me feel good at all does it call to my purpose for being here does it help people Most of what I do helps people, but does it help people in the way that I feel like I'm called to at this point in life? Hmm. I 
and instead of looking at it's like instead of looking at this whole system what's my own personal system is my own personal system all about more is my own personal system about following inner guidance because I can't change the system I mean maybe but highly I, I don't know I'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole but I can't change my system I can't change my focus where I put my energy what my priorities are what I do with my time I can stop and say is more always better no is the constant need for more gonna make me more inside or can I stop and say I'm perfectly whole as I am and I don't need to chase anything food for thought boys and girls I love you thank you for listening I'm grateful You know, the whole point of this thing is if I can even give you a morsel that's helped my own suffering and it helps yours, that's all that matters. We are different leaves on the same tree, different waves on the same ocean, different flames on the same sun. journey my friends <laughs>